Welcome to Rooster Radio, a broadcast dedicated to supporting and promoting local artists in the Gaston County and surrounding areas. almost say fuck which was good and this will be the first podcast that i'm free to curse on yes oh yes and so uh i did one for the city of charlotte and i said hell and it it, and it sent the whole city into a tizzy (laughs) they they didn't know what to do should we bleep it or should we not and i'm like oh they they had like their attorneys involved and oh goodness so uh yeah yeah. that's we just um uh, uh, our host for our open mic, uh, yeah. the county has the county government has their own YouTube channel, yeah. and they use it to get information out. And then they they've started these different series, and one of them is called like Savvy Sounds, where they bring in local musicians that that write music and they play music. So they asked me and Jay to come so that they could promote her music and our open mic in one show. And it was funny because it's government; it's a government building that we're in, and it's this little office that they've converted into a little studio. And we get in there, and, and Jade's like, I can't cuss, right? And they're like, no, no, no. And she does her thing. We do her thing. And as soon as we're done, she goes, fuck! Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Just yeah. to let it out. Yeah. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> but, but, no, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't – this show is for everybody. There if you you're offended by curse words, sorry. Know. You know, like – They're all in the talk. Bible. <laughs> I mean, sell your ears for an episode or two. You'll like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, so and I did bring, I did, I did bring instruments. If, if hell yeah, if you oh, yeah. wanted, if you wanted a song, Ab- absolutely. Okay. Yes. All right. Should we get that now, yeah. or you want? Uh, if you want to go ahead and bring them in, you can. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got a roadie. Roadie. Yeah. We got. We have two. <laughs> we have two things, and we have um, we have instruments and merch giveaways. Oh. Awesome. This is gonna be a fun one. I can tell. That is not what I expected him to look like. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. He came into uh, Open Mic a couple weeks ago. And, I, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I was uh, I was really kind of taken aback by how excited he was. I felt like he was doing me a favor doing this show. Yeah. But he's, he's like, super grateful. And, um, and this whole thing started because we have the same barber. <laughs> you know, a lot of good things start because people <laughs> barber have the same shops, barber. Barbershops, baby. <laughs> barber. Stop fucking around with great or great clips or whatever. That place, that's not a barber shop. Get you a consistent yeah. barber. Get you a good barber. Good <laughs> things will happen. You know, I have a recommendation, right? <laughs> you tell them how we met? Yeah, that's what yeah, that's what I was talking about. How, you know, if it weren't for my barber, this never would have happened. Well, I mean, I'm super honored. I, I I have been listening to you and I, I came down here on the open mic and it's been great. Mm-hmm. It's neat and, and open I mic mean, is so much fun. Y'all don't know, but I'm pretty. I mean, I'm pretty. Um, I'm pretty tapped into Gaston County. I know that sounds weird. It does. It, actually, after before working here, I would have said yes. That sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I get it. No, but I'm on the I'm on the board at Gaston College, and I'm on the board for the GBA, which is the Gaston Business Alliance. Oh, they uh-huh. range you yeah. in, huh? I'm on, I'm on the board for the museum in Dallas. Oh, for, for Gaston College. Yeah, he works for Gaston. What I'm, are you doing Gaston College? I'm the new sports media. Nice, nice. Well, yeah. I so somebody told me that I was the most – here we go. Someone told me I was the most successful person ever to graduate from Gaston College, and I'm like, there's got to be a cop or a nurse <laughs> or a school teacher that's way more successful than me. Yeah. But they're just talking money-wise. But Yeah, well, I mean, plus, you know, when, when anytime anybody in this community does something big or something really good or something real visible, you know – 
these organizations see an opportunity in in those people. You know, just yeah. You know, like I said, I'm on the board for the museum, and I was recruited. Is that the Shield? No, not the Shield. The, the Gaston County Museum. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. The one yeah. The, it's in Dallas. Uh, yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got. It's, they've got all the artifacts from the mill, the old mills and yeah. stuff, and and they've yeah. got you know, um, um, Coletta's first ice cream uh, cart is, okay. is in the museum, and uh, you know, from Tony's Ice Cream. For those who don't know, the Coletta family has been running. Tony's Ice Cream started as the Tony Coletta. Had a little cart back in the early 1900s, and he would go to all of the little textile mills right. and sell his ice cream like during okay. lunch breaks and stuff. And that's how Tony's ice cream started. And so we have their their his first cart still in the museum. Um, Is that, yeah, yeah. it's a really cool museum. Yeah, and they got a lot of great uh, yeah, programming. Yeah, no, I've kids. been in there, and my 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 college roommate was a curator there. I mean, that's the thing. So with my students, I do guess my degree. Hey, you all want to play the game? I mean, it's not accounting? No. <laughs> I don't know anything about accounting. <laughs> That's funny I you mean, say I that. may know something now. <laughs> uh, is this the part of the podcast that's not Probably. part of the podcast? Probably so. <laughs> I was trying to be aware. But Business management? No, that's good. Yeah. That's Education. Good. That's good. We're keep rolling. No. Oh, he's going to make us oh, guess. Wow. He's going to keep us Physical going. education. Yeah, I love that, no. <laughs> Quantum physics, look I'm at, just going to go for it. Look how, look how upset my son is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, history museum studies. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, exactly. Nice. And my master's is in theology and worship, so I'm super good at Trivial Pursuit and Jeopardy. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's, That's all I'm qualified to do. <laughs> other than that, they're... I don't. They're not that all lucrative. They're not lucrative at all. I just well, anything that you, it's really hard to make something that you're passionate about make you money. Yeah, it's, I, it's really hard. Well, I I don't know. I would say make you quick money because I think you can go get a nursing degree or electrical, uh, you know, or, or HVAC, and then you can get money. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, but then, but I do believe, I do believe that. In the long run, if you focus on on your passion, you'll eventually make money. You have to be patient enough, and you have to have the courage to follow all yeah. the way through. Most yeah. people will get scared off at the first sight of true turmoil. You know, like you know, just like with us, you know, during the pan like buying this building before the pandemic, and then having that happen, I had at least a half a dozen opportunities to sell this building during the pandemic where I told every single one of them, I said, no, not interested. Yeah. And you got, and that takes courage because it it's not like we were sitting on a bunch of money or nothing. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. We yeah. weren't that comfortable. I just believed in the dream and, yeah, that's a probably a great place to start the conversation. Yes, about. and welcome everybody. Yeah. Thanks for joining <laughs> the Rooster Podcast. My name is Chris Elmore. I will absolutely take over this entire show let's and do it i'll never be asked back ever again uh, you, you, you might be asked to become a part of the show be oh, careful yeah. <laughs> you might find a job uh, uh, so chris for those who don't know chris is is founder of avid exchange this wasn't solo though you had partners well right? yeah and by the way and i'm the least of it. i was there in the very beginning really the founder of avid exchange is a guy named mike prager and David Miller, and they were the two that got together in 2000, started the idea, uh, and then I had actually worked for Mike. And so Mike and our la all, the company before that, CareerShop.com, he asked me to come over to Avid Exchange. So I like to say I'm an early employee. I don't think I think saying founders probably it's taking liberty. Probably. I mean, I don't really care, um, but. It's, but you were still instrumental in the growth, and, and I'd like to think so. If if I haven't, I've been wasting about twenty three years. <laughs> but um, I've had the front row. I've had a front row seat. Avid Exchange has been a pretty remarkable thing. We're, and I interrupted you. Were, no, I, it's fine. I, I was it's, kind it's, of curious about how much. Research. Well, I don't want to spend too much time on this. This isn't really why you're here. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, but but for those who most that are watching probably want to hear this, and I do have one burning question, which oh, we'll get to okay. in a second. All right. But you know, Avid Exchange. Everyone knows the name because it's a it's a Charlotte company that went public in recent years. You were a big part of that growth. Um, you've got branding all over the NC Music Factory, that's right. and that kind of leads to that's the burning question I have. <laughs> yeah. What is the relationship between Avid Exchange, the Fillmore, NC Music Factory, and, and how did that come about? Great question. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a um, you know, so 
personally for Avid Exchange, it's great. Uh, but they people get confused about what Avid Exchange is. We automate the accounts payable process and the payments process. Right. I mean, it's not sexy. I, I part of my bio. I've written twelve books. Eight of them is on the accounts payable process. And if you want to clear a room at a party, you tell them you've written a book about accounts payable. I mean, it's not <laughs> sexy. My son doesn't think that's funny. Uh, so, uh, by the way, Ed Elmore is here. He's in the house. Hi, Ed. He, he waved as if you could see that on the podcast. We're, I'm working on his media training. But, um, but anyway, when, so we, we were really fortunate because the state of North Carolina and the city of Charlotte came together, and we said we were going we to plant 608 jobs. I don't know where we came up with the number. 608 jobs. What's the best deal you can give us? The music factory had space. Uh, we got a nice grant from the state of North Carolina to put our building there. And then in the process, as part of negotiating it, we were able to acquire the name rights to the music factory, and we bought a street and named it Avid Exchange Lane. Okay. And basically, uh, uh, we purchased those rights. And it's, I, I tell you, the best place that it shows up for us is in recruiting. You know, people come and see us, they go see a concert, and they're like, what's this Avid Exchange? But, but people are always constantly think that we're in the music business. That's is, the reason why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. And, and, Get and that it's, out of the way. Yeah, and, it's, and it's a testament to, like, how a public-private partnership can work to, sure. both, to both parties' advantage. For you sure. know, getting in, business with, getting in business with the government isn't, you know, it sounds evil, but here's where it can work. You know, Avid Exchange brought this opportunity to the city, and in return, the city offered the exposure that you will just right. aren't going to get on your own. Nope. And um, you know, the only thing that the only the only thing I hate about that area is is when they built the parking deck. They kind of took away the whole tailgate vibe that, for before sure. shows. But for sure. but you well, know, you small can, price. Now to pay. you can go back in the back. <clears throat> yeah. It, yeah. You so can. there's. But uh, I thought you were going to talk about Maddie's, the diner. No. Okay, so it was my idea to build the building around Maddie. Okay. Like in the cartoons. Yeah. But no, everyone thought that was a stupid idea. But I wanted to keep the diner, and I wanted to put our building around it, kind of like, um, what's the name of that one? It's the, the little house that where everything gets built around it. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. I don't but there, know the name but of there's it. A, but there's one in Plaza Midwood that, um, anyway, this – uh, hopefully you're going to be doing some editing on this. <laughs> it's podcast. fine. Man. It's <laughs> like, that that was right, going so, nowhere. Even when I started, I think, I think the point you were making was like, there's in the, the sacrifice that had to be made was taking away this cool thing. Yeah. And, yeah. They just put it on a trailer and it went yeah. down the road, but that, but the, the long and short of it is, and then the other thing was people are constantly asking me for tickets. <laughs> even, even, even Ed's older sister, uh, she was like, hey, I got this band. Can you get me some tickets? I'm like, no. Live Nation <laughs> controls all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't want to get into the minutia of all that. I just wanted to clear the air of like what the relationship yeah. is. Yeah. But but let's stop talking about an automated accounts payable. Yes. And I let's can, get into I the reason I can reason hear the here. dial turning on the podcast. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about why you're here because the thing, yeah. like, so, so the reason you're here is because we have the same barber. Yes. So I'm getting my hair cut one day and Kyle's telling me, about you and yeah. said that he mentioned us to you and that you seemed somewhat interested in what we're doing. So I told him, I was like, well, tell him. I'd love to talk to him, blah, blah, blah. Awesome. Fast forward, here we are. And after we talked, he told me that you were doing this 10,000-hour thing. Right. And so I went on the Internet, Googled you, looked, did some research, and was like, now this is super interesting. Accounts yeah. payable is boring. Yes, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but, for sure. But this is super yeah. interesting because from – the hard work and dedication you put into your career, you, you were able to, to put, position yourself to take this challenge on, this new venture, right. this is artistic adventure. Right. Now, my first question is, how do you go from getting the, the degrees that you have to showing yeah. an interest in becoming a musician? Like, what, what was the, the catalyst that sparked the, you know, that ignited the fire there? Well, I, I mean, I'll tell you the whole story. And mm -hmm. it really is, uh, it, it starts in the basement of my buddy's house, Dennis Hartley, in 1985. Uh, should we go around the room of what was no, going on? No, we're not going to date ourselves. Hey, one thing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I know you were born in May of 1979 because mm -hmm. I listened to the podcast. But I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what day 
31st. Oh, I'm May 12th, 1969. Oh, so wow. I thought for a moment this was all going to come together and this podcast was going to be awesome, <laughs> but I guess that didn't work out. It is going to be an awesome podcast. It is going to be an awesome podcast, <laughs> yes. but I thought we, if we were born on the same day 10 years apart, that would... I okay, can change my birthday. On. No, please don't. I don't <laughs> want you to. It's a little weird. It is a little weird, weird. but if it makes weird. it work. No, but, it's weird. But so it all started, it was 1985, Dennis Hartley's ba- basement, and he looks at me in a moment that only two 15, 16-year-olds can do, and he looks at me and goes, man, why can't we meet girls? And I said, I said, well, Dennis, let's, let's think about this. We're not handsome. We're not athletic. And we're really bad at school. I tell people I was in the half of the class that made the top half possible. (laughs) (laughs) And I have been supportive ever since. You know, I was like, I'm so supportive. I probably shouldn't be telling. That's the best spin on that I've ever heard. Well, you know, I mean, mean, I've been very supportive. So, um, So, and Dennis looked at me in that second. He goes, we should start a band. Just like that. Because it was our last option. I was like, yeah, let's do that. Let's start a band. And I go, how do we need, how do we do it? I said, in order to get a band, we need money. And Dennis looked at me and goes, we should get jobs at Arby's. So we get in his Toyota Tercel. <laughs> By the way, all this is a true story. We get in his Toyota Tercel. We drive to Arby's. We go to the front. And I still remember the look on the young woman's face when we said, we want to meet girls. We want to start a band. We'd like to get a job here at Arby's because Arby's had just opened up. And she said, you got to fill out an application. So we filled out an application, and it got to desired salary. And so Dennis looks at me and says, how much should we ask for? And I'm like, well, I took out a napkin, and we started going down the line. This is a true story. We started, we were like, we need guitars, we need amps, we need lights. And because it was the 80s, we need spandex, we need boots, (laughs) we need final net hairspray. (laughs) And then last is guy liner. You know, it's not eyeliner, it's guy liner. So we need all of that. We need all of that. And then we were like, how much hours can we work? And then we added it all up, and it was $2.11 per hour. We put $2.11 per hour. We turned the application in. The young woman said, the manager wants to meet you. I think he needed a little kick in the pants that <laughs> night. He sits us down. Dennis is to my left. The manager's right in front of us, and he's going down the list, and he gets to the $2.11 per hour, and his head goes back. And he says, I can't believe he asked this question. He says, where did you come up with that? Mm-hmm. And, like, and I used I, I you took that. the napkin? I did. <laughs> I was so I was and I was I was like uh, like using the napkin like a PowerPoint, you know. See, you say you were a bad student, but it sounds like at sixteen you already had the analytical mind to. I I, I wouldn't mind getting to that because I, I, there's a reason why I was a bad student, and it crystallized at Gaston College. But when we went down that list and we were and the guy listened to us and he for some reason let me finish and he goes, "Well, you fellas know minimum wage is three thirty five. And I looked at Dennis, and I was like, we are rich. <laughs> we, and we, we were high-fiving, and you're like, yeah, 335, are you kidding me? And we didn't know anything about withholding or, you know, anything. We didn't know anything stuff. about minimum wage. But I'll tell you, but this is the God's honest truth. We didn't know anything about anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> we got jobs there, and then we got the drummer a job there. And it was the only time I think Arby's has ever run out of roast beef. When all three of you know how hard that is to work a drive through when you have no roast beef at Arby's, but uh, this I mean, podca- that was their whole thing for yeah. years. Yeah, this for podcast years. is sponsored by Arby. No, so uh, I'll tag them in it. So. Let's, let's go, let's go, let's go. But uh, here's the final point of that story is I saved up all of my money and I bought a guitar at the local um, at the local uh, music store and it cost one thousand forty nine dollars in 1986. Wow. Damn, what the hell was that? It's a Gill Pilot. It's a bass guitar. And I got to tell you, that thing, even today, I still play it. And it sounds fantastic. I love the fact that you still have it. Uh, Well, uh, and, but here's the rest of the story. Hopefully, by the way, I'm a huge crier. Okay, Okay. I got you. (laughs) Has that happened on the podcast? Yes, me. Uh, Okay, good. (laughs) We'll cry together. But I I get super emotional about this. But, um... Three years later, that oh shoot, that was the exact instrument I was playing the night I met his mom. Oh. Yep. 
Oh, yeah. Hopefully You're going to you... love that story one day right now. It's probably kind of cringy, but you'll yeah. like it one day. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's way more cringy stuff we're going to get sure. to. But, uh, yeah, no. So the plan worked. It worked to perfection. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it worked. It worked. And, and she and I have been um, his, so Adele is her name. If she ever leaves me, I'm going with her. <laughs> Thank you. I got another one. I got another one that's even funnier. You ever notice when couples uh, get older, they start looking similar? One I've day heard I'm gonna that. be. One day I'm gonna be super hot. <laughs> yeah. But Tuesday. <laughs> See, that's good stuff right there, ladies and gentlemen. I, I mean, I know Michael and I. We got to be thinking about our own spouses, right. At the same time. By, by the way, use this freely. I, I freely give. I want you to. But Tuesday, we've been married thirty years. Hell, congratulations, congratulations dude. In a row. Fan- in a row. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah my wife so. and I are coming up on ten years together, six years of marriage. So yeah, yeah. We 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 get we met a little later in life, but uh, all right. well, well, because it just popped in my head. You talking about your wife? One story Kyle told me. Yeah, you okay. got a tattoo. Yes. Do you want to tell that story? Which one? The pig. Oh yeah, I'd like okay. to tell that story. This okay. one right here. Because in my mind, yeah, yeah. in my mind, this is an inspirational story. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, it's it's more of an fu in my mind. <laughs> well, well, it's an inspiration for someone like me who's trying to do something big. Good. Okay. I, I appreciate that because, you know, the uh, anytime I tell an entrepreneur, and I tell you this too, and and I'll just say that. You know, when you have big dreams, you have to be super, super selective on who you let in on those big dreams. And I got to, I got to tell you, the worst place to go and let your big dreams out is with your family, because they're the first ones that'll shit on you. Mm -hmm. And I don't tell my mom anything, even though she does, she won't shit on stuff. I won't tell my mom anything, but my mom gets super nervous for me. So Mm -hmm. I didn't tell her we were starting Avid Exchange. I didn't tell her we were starting CareerShop.com. I didn't tell her. All of that stuff. I don't, I don't tell her any of that stuff because she just gets nervous. She's like, no, 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 don't do that. But as it turned out, when I got married, I got married into a family. My in-laws, they just didn't take to me very well. And um, Adela's uncle, um, when we started Avid Exchange, he said, we, uh, you know, I was going to be successful when pigs fly, you know. And I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, he's pretty vocal about me not being successful. They also did a pool on our marriage, which was the... That's the, fucked up. Uh, that it, is really fucked up. You know, it is. This is family, though. Everyone everyone in podcast land is going like, yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. I mean, about. I do know exactly what you're talking about, but it's still fucked up. It is, it is. But uh, you, want, you, want to, you want to know what the top line was? What? Six months. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was the top line. That was the big one. That was how long the marriage would last. It's kind of fun to, like, prove people wrong. Like, it's, it's very it's, fun. You know, it's, it's very fun. You know, and, 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 like, if you're anything like me, which I'm sure you are, I'm, I'm really humble. Like, I don't, I don't pound my chest about much. Yeah. yeah. Outside of being a good dad and a good husband, I don't really pound my chest about much. So when we do have successes, when we put on a festival and we double record sales and we do – I don't really gloat about it. But it is kind of nice, you know. It's a good feeling. I mean, you know what Yogi Berra said: if you don't promote yourself, no one else will. Right. I mean, and someone at, at Avid Exchange called me the best humble bragger they know, you know. And I don't. I'll tell you, I don't. I, I don't like. I don't like to brag either. But um, I, I like you, and I think you got to let your accomplishments speak for themselves. That's- that's yeah, a, I mean that's, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. By it. I yeah. feel like they'll like you know it's the whole they'll see you yeah. know mentality. It's like I know what the potential is. I know what where my heart's at. You know the path that we're on. You know I can't I can explain it to you, but until you see it for yourself, you know that kind of thing. So so anyway, but I, I, I got to tell you that, and I want to get I will get back to the 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 tattoo. But I got to tell you, there, this world needs big thoughts. I agree. And, and people, for some reason, think that the more conservative you are on your thinking, the less likely you're going to risk. And I, I believe that that's kind of opposite, a little bit opposite. I think that you need to have big thoughts, big dreams, and the world needs that. And then people talk about the 
about Charlotte and the Charlotte area, and they're, they're like, why aren't there so, why aren't there, there's only one Avid exchange, you know, and there's only a couple of companies that have grown to our size. And I just think it's because people just won't think that big. They, they'll get in their own there, way. There's, I mean, it's a common thread, common theme you find in the South. Like, you know, it's like protect what's mine. Yeah. And, you know, let's not take a big risk, you know. It's to stick with what you know. Yeah. Don't branch it's, out. It's security is what it is. It's security. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, further, the further we get into the evolution of the digital age, security, you know, it's, it's becoming more and more scarce. And it's all almost like people want to hoard that feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're scared to take risks. And when they see someone else take a risk, they're really quick to judge and really quick to ridicule because I think on some level, on a psychological level, when you see somebody else take a risk and that you know you're not willing to take, there's a little bit of anger and jealousy because because you know, deep That's down, right. we all know That's that right. if we're willing to take a risk, it can pay off huge. And even if you fail, you're still going to learn something valuable from that experience. But people are just too afraid to do it. Let's, well, let's go there. Here's my definition of failure. By the way, I believe that you can't accomplish anything without a definition. I feel like we're getting ready to get into an Amway meeting. <laughs> Y'all with me? Let's go. Who's gonna, let's go sell. But look, I, don't, I, I, want, I want people to hear me. I don't think that you can, you, so if you want to be successful, what's your definition of success? If you want to have a good day, what's your definition of a good day? If you want to be happy, what's your definition of happiness? And then failure is, is my favorite. And here's my definition of failure, is when I do something stupid twice. That's it. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, and I don't think I've ever failed. Because if you have that definition, you send yourself to school. And if you, if, if, in, and you know the hard ones, the really hard ones, you don't ever do those again. You know, I'm not going to say that's worth it, but, mm -hmm. you know, you sent yourself to school on that one. So my definition of failure is you do something stupid twice. Yeah, and, and, and I've, you know, I've had swings and misses. You know, before this, I had other businesses, and I had one in particular that was very successful. And that one bit, it was my first business. That's my cool. very first business was very successful. But you know what I, you know where the failure came in? It was not a sustainable model. Mm. I was I was very dependent on one company oh, for yeah, like 90, yeah, 95 percent yeah, of my income. Yeah. And when that company got bought by a bigger company, yeah. I was one of the first things to go. Yeah. And so fortunately, I was successful enough with that business to kind of lay the foundation for the things I did leading up to this. I was going to say, you you going to do that again? Never. No. Never. No. <laughs> no. I've seen a lot of those. I've seen a lot of those businesses where they have one or two clients and. Now, that's one thing I love about Avid Exchange is it's super spread out. Yeah. So, you know, you know, it's, again, being afraid of failure is one thing, but, but you know, when you're willing to take that risk and whether you fail or if, you're, if you have the right attitude, I've, I've seen people, I know people that have taken a risk, they've failed, and instead of learning from it and building something new or building something different, it just becomes the defining that's moment it. of their whole life. That's it. And they yeah. spend the rest of their life yeah. using that as an excuse to not do anything. Yeah, yeah. I had, a, I had a mentor tell me that failure is just a thing. It's not a person, so don't sign up for it. Yeah. But risk, now we'll talk about risk. Now, I'm not a risk taker. And but people are like, what? That sounds but I am not a risk taker. I mean, I think people, I think people confuse risk and uncertainty a lot of times. I know this, we're getting a little philosophical here, but I believe that great entrepreneurs are really good at dealing with uncertainty. And now you have that in, in this business big here. Big time. But, yeah. Big time. And, and how do you deal with uncertainty? Now, I have a thing. Not great lately. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a, I have a thing that any time that I've had a business challenge, I've always called my way out of it, which means I just call more people. I just go see more people. I go meet more people. It sounds simple, but the thing is, whenever I'm in a, whenever we're in a bad spot, and at Avid Exchange, we were in a bad spot a lot. You know, I got... In the second year, uh, Adela hates me talking about this, but I got my car repoed, mm -hmm. and it's a Nissan Altima, mm -hmm. and it's like the most affordable car in the world. <laughs> Anybody that gets a Nissan Altima repoed, folks, you are not doing well. And, um, and this probably gave credence to Adela's uncle who said that I was going to be successful when pigs fly, and the tattoo you're referring to is a pig flying tattoo that I got when Avid Exchange went public two years ago in October. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, in, in, you want to react to the story? Apparently you attached to it. Uh, well, it just, it's, when he told me that story, it made me think of some of the things, some of my friends, it wasn't really family. I, I my family is actually really supportive. That's great. Uh, most of my family. There's yeah. a handful of people that, you know, naysay, 
but most of my family was really supportive of this decision, but it was mainly some of my friends yeah. that I was really disappointed in their reaction to, to this idea. But at the same time, you know, after thinking about it for a while, I understand like most of these friends work in industries where, you know, they're all risk adverse. Yeah. You know, but when he told me that story, I, my mind just kind of flooded with some of the things that some of the friends I had would have said to me, you know, uh, about opening this place. And it, and, it, and it did create an emotional attachment to me because, you know, I mean, it's so perfect. It's yeah. so fucking yeah. perfect. Like yeah. a flying pig, yeah. Yeah. you know, and then, you know, visions of the Primus album cover, you know, in my, you know, just, there's a lot of attachment that I had to that story and that's why I brought it up. Well, and I, uh, fortunately, um, we're estranged from the uncle. I hadn't talked to him, I don't know, 10 years maybe. Mm -hmm. So, um, hopefully he'll listen to the podcast. <laughs> somehow get that link into his inbox but, but i mean i didn't and, and the other part of it and the other and the other the other part is is how it's like you're not what you did was personal it was for you it's not really for anybody else and it, again it's it goes back to being humble like you know you could easily easily throw this in the face of anyone sure. that said but instead you're just continuing on your journey and and i i respect that that mentality cool. and that and that way yeah. of, of conducting yourself too. Well, uh, Adela says if there was an award for humility, I'd win it and beat everyone. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There so we speaking go. of your path, yes. let's get let's get to when when did you decide to do the ten thousand hour journey? What was right. the inspiration? We 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 talked about nineteen eighty five. Yes. You got your job. You got your guitar. You still have it. So you've you've reached um, you know a great success with with the thing that you with the avid exchange now it's like what am i going to do next or sure. like where were you at in your head when you decided that this is the next thing well so to, to the backstory to that is on in in 86 87 i started playing in bands and i uh, pretty much since then i have i've been in a band okay and right now i'm in four and yeah, I know, I know, and they're all kind of that crazy. Seems to be normal these days. Yeah. <laughs> well, by the way, that is the thing about the ten thousand hours I want to talk about, and that's the thing about this place that's so important for ten thousand hours. It's all going to tie together, and so I, so I teach. I, I'm a, a an adjunct professor at UNCC. Mm -hmm. I'll let you, I'll, I'll let everyone. Just, okay, yeah. A C, a C student can be a professor too. <laughs> now, as this gets back to UNCC, I'm pretty much screwed. But um, I love teaching. I've been teaching at UNCC for eight years, and I teach entrepreneurship. And there's there was a part in the class that I was really struggling with because there's this there's this thing that um, there's a there's a thing that people acquire skills. And when you look at them, you think, well, they're, they're just born with that. They're, they're, they're either like really good with people, they're great, they're, they're a fantastic musician, they're just all natural. And I was influenced by this guy named Malcolm Gladwell. Have you ever heard of him? I've heard the name. Yeah, yeah. He wrote a book. I can't remember what the name of the book was. But in the book, he said that there was a famous study that said that took just pure grit and determination on 10,000 hours of practice and talent and it took them side by side and said, what's more important? And it, can, it came out that it's the 10,000 hours. Right. Is that the person with the natural talent, you, you can actually, and, I, and that gave me a lot of hope because I've been what I consider a marginal musician for almost 40 years now, you know, and, and I'm like, I should be a lot better than I actually am. <laughs> so I put the 10,000 hours in my class and we started studying entrepreneurs that had 10,000, 10,000 hours worth of trade, but Malcolm Gladwell uses the Beatles as an example in Hamburg, Germany. And the, he, he said the Beatles sound came together because they played seven days a week in Hamburg, like three shows, you know, six hours, eight hours, you know, just an incredible mm -hmm. amount of time. And they got 10,000 hours together as a band right then and there. And it started me thinking because... Um, there's this um, there's a thing in Charlotte called Music Anywhere, and it's pretty interesting. I get their emails. Yeah, Avid Exchange yeah, yeah, has, has been a big supporter yeah. of theirs, and we continue to be. And I want I, I want music everywhere. Music everywhere. Music everywhere. CLT. What did I say? Music anywhere. Okay. Well, yeah. See how big of a supporter. Just wanted to we give are. them the credit. I just <laughs> wanted to give them the credit. <laughs> no, so. get it. Get it's it. Music everywhere. Uh, but so uh, when when I started talking with them, I was like, you know, we should 
we should help musicians get their 10,000 hours. Because the thing about it is, is that when a musician gets his 10,000 hours, and when a musician gets 10,000 performing hours, and a band gets 10,000 performing hours, and another band gets 10,000 performing hours, they start mixing. And when they start mixing, they start joining other bands, mm -hmm. and then you get Nirvana. Yeah. And then yeah. you get and then you get the Seattle Sound. And yeah. then you get Seattle. And then you get Athens. Then you get Nashville. Mm -hmm. That's all that is, in my opinion, is just a collection of a bunch of musicians that got their ten thousand hours. I you know, it's I'm getting chills while Go, you say man. that. Go. I'm I'm getting chills. <laughs> <laughs> the, so what you're what you're describing is exactly the what I'm the intention of what I'm trying to do. Exactly. That's it. What you're talking what about, feeling. creating a scene. That's right. Building a scene. You know, right. I'm not saying we can be Seattle. I'm not saying we can be Nashville, but we can make a lot of noise in the Southeast Agreed. by creating a scene in the Charlotte market, by, by approaching this with a collaborative mindset, Agreed. you know, <clears throat> the, the open mic that we do every week, a lot of the regulars, they're they're not just here on Wednesday. They're at the, the the place that does open mic on Thursday, and then Fridays and Saturdays they're gigging. Sometimes on Sundays they're gigging. They're getting it now. There's a new open mic on Sundays that one of our open micers is hosting, awesome. right? And they're all getting these opportunities every single week to get out That's there it. and perfect their craft. We've got everything from novices to to professionals coming in every week and I see them all mixing up. And as a result, we've booked shows. We've got a show coming up in September that with the very first person to perform at our open mic is Beth Gatlin. Shout out to Beth Gatlin. She's performing on the 23rd of September here with her band doing a Janis Joplin tribute. Nice. And her opening band is Anna and Friends, who's Anna Holloway, mm -hmm. and two of our other open micers nice. all performing together, just like you just described, That's it. working together. And, 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 and shout out to Music Everywhere, Charlotte, if you don't, uh, if you haven't heard of it, go to their website. It's Music Everywhere CLT. They join their newsletter because they're really good about every week sending mm -hmm. out, like, this is where all the open mics are this week. This is the artist of the week in the Charlotte scene. This right. is next week's artist. This is the album of the week. And they're constantly highlighting people doing original art here in, in the Charlotte scene. And so I recommend I, I read their emails every week. You know, I, I hate it when my open mic's not in there. It's in there most weeks, but okay. sometimes they, sometimes okay. it's not. And I'm like, oh, get in there. Right. So, <laughs> we got to make sure that yeah. happens. <laughs> but yeah. I appreciate what they're doing with that. And, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's a testament to the power of what we can do when we work together, not get competitive about it. Um, you know, we're not the only open mic on Wednesday. I encourage you to come here. But if not here, maybe you're closer to the one of the places in Charlotte, you know, makes sense, but get out there, get involved and That's keep it. putting that positive energy because we can build a scene here. That's and it. what's cool about this scene, like what came out of Seattle was a very specific sound that, that grunge style, yep. you know, Nashville was country, but what I'm seeing here in the Charlotte area is I'm seeing a very eclectic uh, group of musicians. Like yep. who knows what the sound could be? Oh, I think it's going to be based on the ukulele. All right, moving that, on, that, whatever, this is moving now, on. Now it's time to perform. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up. Thank you. Want, you. <laughs> you want to grab that uh, ukulele and, and, and intro something for us? Do you want a song? Absolutely. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. good. Let's do Did it. you want to play, Ed? Okay. All right, we're going to bring Ed into the picture. Yeah. Come on in. Uh, Ed, throw me that uh, pillow so you can get in there. All right, let's Thank do you. this. Right, now, while in. you're setting up, let me ask. Um, so, with you, you've, you've been involved with music his entire life, more yeah. than. So, yeah. uh, was it difficult I to think get? He was conceived to music. <laughs> most, <laughs> like most of us. So, uh, how old? And how old were you when you started to take an interest in in performing? Uh, Fifteen, I think. Fifteen, I picked up the bass guitar, yeah. and then a year after that, I picked up drums. They're way more fun, aren't they? Well, and it kind of upset me because he, um, he, he started playing bass, which is what I wanted him to do. Mm -hmm. And all kids never listen to their parents. And so anyway, he said he wanted, and I thought this was genius. He said he wanted to learn to play the drums to be a better bass player. And then he started playing the drums. He's never played the bass again. It is yeah. the rhythm section. <laughs> like the a little bit. A little bit. Oh, yeah. Now, so if so, he was 15 when when he started to take the interest. Did, did did it come naturally, or did you try to influence that at all? Like, was he receptive yeah, to it as a young man? Tell, uh, tell him. Uh, 
I really sucked. I yeah. was too bad. <laughs> For we all are at first. But yeah, but it, it took me a while. I, I wasn't used to it at well, first. I think you got, I think you took to it quickly, but I think you took to it really quickly, but um, he asked me to teach him how to play, and I told him no, that he was going to have to learn it, get in his bedroom and learn it on his own for one reason, and I think we talked about this, is that the only way that I was going to start to teach him something if I saw him, that passion yeah, you know where he's sold on. Yeah, and the only way I think you can get sold on is if you go in your bedroom and you start. Yeah, you know, I've struggled with that with my 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 daughter. My daughter's twelve. Yeah, and I've I, we my wife and I have tried to like introduce yeah things <laughs> for interest, and it never. It's like when it's your idea, it's never going to work. No. It yeah. needs to be their idea. It's, it's true. It's true. I tell you, the, as he's setting up, I, I he um when I are you you got it. Oh boy, you need to call the roadie. Um, but we, um, I remember getting into a band because, well, first of all, I learned how to play the bass guitar. Um, this is going to sound so stupid. <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. I didn't have an amp, but I figured out that if I put my tooth on the top of the guitar, you I could, could hear it in your head? Yeah. yeah. And that's how I learned how to play. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's desperation. I wanted to meet girls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, Ed. Let's do this. Help me with this. I need to get it down so I can actually hit it correctly. No, we got two seconds to do it. Okay. Go get your sticks. I got my sticks in my pocket. You know one of the best. You know one of the best things about being in the band with your son. Do you know? Well, what's that? It's that it's the only band that I'm in that I can tell another member that their mom is hot and doesn't cause any problems. <laughs> Tell already. All right, here we go. We're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of Motley Crue. Ready? We're ready. Ready? Okay. You know I'm a dreamer, but my heart's cold. I had to run away so I wouldn't come home alone. Just when things are bad, doesn't mean they're always wrong. Just take this song and you'll never be. Home sweet home playing uh, yeah. on the ukulele. There you go. Yeah, we get that a lot. <laughs> we get that a lot. So it is hair band ukulele. We do all 1980s hair band songs: White Snake, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses. But that's like the com that's like a combination. My husband and I would both like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After well, the show, we'll, we'll we'll look at the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I got I, I uh, we're gonna be playing in Charlotte in September. So, uh, yeah, we play, I mean, we, we stay, and there's two other members of the band, so we have a bass player and a female singer, that's unbelievable. But it's two things that shouldn't go together, that just do. Dude, I have found never to, uh, never, never yeah. to expect, like, always be open-minded. Yeah. Almost every single week at our open mic, somebody surprises me. There you go. There yeah, you go. It, I can it, do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll show up on a Wednesday. I can surprise you. There are oh, even local bands, like, in the middle of their act, they'll just switch it up, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. And I love that. I love when they, it's just not what you expect, but it just works. Last yeah. night, last yeah. night, we had a band here. Shout out to OU Pretty Things. Yes. Love those guys. They start playing a song. They're like, oh, we're going to need you to sing along. You're going to know the words. I was like, what are we They start playing Deftones, Changing the House of Flies. Nice. But she sings Toxic by Britney Spears there to the Deftones music. There it was, it was amazing. There you go. There you amazing. Go. And yeah. so I, I love being surprised. Like just the creativity that people have, not only with their original music, but what people do with 
when, when they cover stuff. It's it's incredible. And ukulele, I, I, you know what I think it is? I think it was those Adam Sandler movies. The Was it the 51st Dates or yeah, one with, with the, the guy yeah. playing the, the Over the Rainbow? I think from from there on, all of a sudden, ukulele like became almost like a, a new genre. Yeah. It did, it did it, to be honest with you, it did really start with his, his name is Israel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mile long. Yeah. I don't want to butcher it right now. Yeah. I'd have to look at it to pronounce it. But uh, he's the big Samoan guy. Uh, that, by the way, it, the the take you hear him play on Spotify was once. Yes, he once. Right. One and take. then at, when he became famous was after he passed away. That's right. Right. So and then at, it was Fifty First Dates that really made his song famous. Right. Well, I can play that one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so you started playing bass. What what yeah. drew you into the ukulele? Well, um, gosh, you know, I I think it was probably about ten years ago. Adela just bought me one for Christmas. Okay. And that's the one thing I love about the ukulele is that you can actually buy a decent instrument for 80 bucks. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. I mean, that one's not 80 bucks, yeah. but you don't have to. I got that in Nashville in Gru's guitar. That's a 1972 Kamaka 8-string, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love you it. had me at the case. I love the yeah, case. <laughs> the case. I was like, that's yeah, a nice case. case. Good, yeah. <laughs> no, well, that's a, uh, we're going to say that that's a pretty expensive instrument. Yeah. And uh, it needs a decent case. But you can buy a, a, a good little ukulele for 80 bucks. You can go on uh, YouTube and get mm-hmm. a tutorial, and that evening you're performing. Yeah. I mean, and that's the one thing I love about the ukulele. It's it, simple. That's the one thing that I love about – one of the few things – that we love about technology is the access to, to yeah. like, like yeah. you know, when I, back when I was younger, it was, you had to go to the music store and buy the tablets or books and stuff. You know, if you, you were rich, I was poor. <laughs> Both my parents are teachers. We oh, I was working at 14. So, this was all my money. So what, what we had to do was take the cassette tape and like listen to the lyrics and write the lyrics down. I did that. Yeah. yeah. I Unless, doing that. Yeah. And, I used to take, <laughs> I used to take go. blank cassette tapes and I would, we would record ourselves. Me and my neighborhood friends would record ourselves introing music, like songs that we liked, nice. like we were the DJs. Nice. And then we'd sit by the radio, wait for that song to play, and then record after our intro and make our own little mixtapes of us introing Perfect. songs. Perfect. So I did the exact same thing with my brother, except we used my bedroom window as the broadcasting station, and we did it for the whole freaking neighborhood. Nice. And I'm sure we annoyed our neighbors, but, you know. We we have a game in the Elmore family when we're on road trips to take a song, and you're supposed to DJ the intro of it. (laughs) <laughs> and what happens is we go around in a circle to do it, mm-hmm. and uh, and as the circle goes around, the intro gets like worse and worse. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, more was, and more graphic. I did this other thing when I like I got introduced to Weird Al Yankovic when I was young, uh, so I, I started know. taking melodies from songs and making my own, you know, lyrics to them, and that, that was a fun. That was like middle school years. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> my dad did that with before I even knew who Weird Al was, so we were. Constant doing that. My mom's like, "Hey, check this out." So I like uh, I like uh, broadcasting to the neighborhood. Did they? Did you get any? The cops show up or anything? No. 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 Everyone was pretty cool about yeah. it. Yeah. Did they you have bro- Did you have at least one fan that would like come hang out and be like, "This is cool." No. 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 But you Sorry do it anyway. That. I did it anyway. Cause fuck them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I think we gave one. We did like a, a bunch of bands that my dad liked, and then we it was. This is your Father's Day gift. We made you a cassette tape. He still has that stuff that we made him. But it's go. like about, you know, the front, it, the both sides of the tape were us doing our goofy stuff. And, and I love that. Things. I love that. Yeah, I and it. I encourage that with my with my daughter. Like any you know, anytime she's doing something, even if I think it's weird or, or yeah. like if if she's focused in and zoned in on something and it's creative, I'm like like see where it goes. Right. Well yeah. to me that's the roots of all entrepreneurial efforts, adventures. And that to me my whole story, my first company I ever started was in nineteen seventy six, was a garbage collecting business and I did pretty well. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I did well I think I did well looking back is that my parents borrowed money from me. Yeah. And so uh, and wow. they never paid me back. <laughs> But that's okay. They can have it at this point. What did but, your parents do professionally? Yeah, so my mom... No, I don't I mean, shoot. My mom was a, um, um, a special ed teacher. Okay. Um, and she retired as a special ed teacher. My dad, uh, growing up, what got us to Boone was he taught at Appalachian. So okay. He was a, so, so both your parents were educators. Yeah, both parents were educators. And um, that, I think that's the reason why I love teaching at the university. But um, 
uh, also it's the reason why I went in uh, is also the reason why I became an entrepreneur. Now, here's the thing. I didn't become an entrepreneur because there was no people don't know about that like they do now back then. Um, but when I started selling. Uh, so I, I, at, at my core and at my heart, I'm a salesman. I'm a, you know, I'm a That's salesperson. the one part of entrepreneurship that I hate. Well, okay. So salesman. here's the thing. We should talk about that. Not on the podcast because everyone will just turn <laughs> yeah, it yeah, off. Everyone will tune out if but, we do. But. but think about it. If you're in a band, you are a salesperson because you yeah. want to you wanna sell your idea. You want to sell your style. You want to sell your music. You want to sell to other, you know. And, and when selling is done right, people don't know that you're selling. That's, that's what I haven't figured out. And we can talk yeah, about yeah, that. I get really uncomfortable asking people for money, really. Yeah, that's what well, it comes we, down we, to. We can talk about that because money equals value. Mm -hmm. And instead of asking people for, for money, you, you, should, you, you should tell people the value that you're going to provide. And the money is just simply a symbol of the value. That's the way that I look at it. And by the way, I like to charge a lot. <laughs> I love that. And, because, and the value has to equal that charge. Right. So, um, but anyway... The, uh, I don't know where I was going with this, except for I, I got I fell in love with selling. And well, you were talking about how uh, being raised by educators, you know. But I of, wanted out of that. I didn't want to have anything to do with the politics. I didn't want to have anything to do with the, the the life of of the nonprofit worlds. Not that there's anything wrong with it at all. I greatly. You really it. have to have a passion for it to absolutely because it's absolutely. it is very thankless. Absolutely. And of course, nowadays, somebody's some of these uh, nonprofit CEOs are a little out of hand with uh, yeah. their salaries and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But uh, and that's a whole other conversation to have. How how do you how do you maintain success without getting sucked into the political you know zeitgeist, for lack of a better term? Oh, it's a good. Thank you for using big words. Um, <laughs> I was a little, that's a that's a good one. Um, you know, so I, I it's it's a thing I call it strategic apathy. Okay. And that means that you just can't worry about everything. And so I'm, I'm always, I'm constantly, this could be like a day in, day out, hour, hour, minute, minute. But I'm constantly asking myself, is this the hill I want to die on? I do the same thing. You should. I do the same exact thing. Yeah. When, 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 a, when a situation is put in front of me uh, and you know, our natural inclination is to respond to it, I find myself asking myself the very same question. Right. Is this worth it? That's right. And everything can't be a fight. Mm. And if it is, you're going to be tired every day, all day. Tired and stressed out. <laughs> and, and you're taking away yeah. the energy yeah. and time and focus you could be putting to more productive yeah. things. So when I send it through that little loop and I ask myself, is this the hill I want to die on? If it comes to a maybe or a no, I don't even worry about it. And that keeps me out of all politics. Yeah. yeah. It gets harder and harder to do the, the deeper you get into it. But uh, I'm always curious how, you know, entrepreneurs our goal is to sell whatever thing we're selling to as many people as possible and we're just living in a time where it's like a lot of people are being forced to choose a side i mean look at what happened to bud light yeah you well know? I, got, I gotta tell you something i consume zero media so most most of the things that go on in the world i'm pretty clueless about the only reason i know about bud light is because my wife told me and uh, I think if she hadn't have told me, I wouldn't have known. When I, when I made the decision to do The Rooster, yeah. I stopped watching cable news. Like, I'll good. still watch like That's local good. news for weather and stuff, and yeah. I see what I see on social media and, and online, but I, I did the same exact thing. And let me tell you, I, I, this is not hyperbole. My life got a thousand times better when I go. stopped watching news. There you mm -hmm. go. It's, it's, and, and, I, I, and I think my income doubled. It's been years ago, and the reason why is because it freed me up to think more creatively. Yeah. And I wasn't worried about everything. And when you watch the news, it just puts this huge focus on stuff. It's I mean, almost I'm like it's designed to create anxiety. I mean, if, if the, uh, the whole definition of news is negative, in my opinion, because and Adela talks about this all the time because it was like, well, we should be on a reality series. And I'm like, it's going to be the most boring reality series <laughs> in the world because we love each other. We don't have any issues, yeah. you know, and, yeah. you know, it's just going to be so boring because we're just going to be sitting there happy and no one's going to watch argue, that. They want arguments and fights exactly, and drama. Exactly. So anyway, <laughs> well, let me, so let me ask you, I don't know how we're doing on time. Are we about done or we're, we we're fine. I, I was going to ask for another song oh i'm in for, for another yeah. song yeah i'll do one and and um so um 
you want to do another song and then you want to let's do another song okay. and then we'll close it out how about right. that all right i'm let me do uh i'll just do this one Ed. it's okay poor ed's <laughs> sitting over there let's he's still drumming it. though you want to try it you want to come in This started it all. Well, I'm a axe grinder, pile driver. Mama said that I never, never mind you. Insane in the membrane, and the teacher said that I'm one big pain. Yeah, I got a razor, six ring of razor. I got a mouth like an alligator. I want it louder, more power. Yeah, I want to strike it till it strikes. This song makes me. That started it all, in my opinion. I remember, I remember listening to that song. Quiet Riot came out. I remember listening to that song. My brother had a uh, Walkman, and, and I was sold. Yeah. I was like, God, oh, so sold. I always find it interesting. Like Quiet Riot played downtown Lincolnton like a few years back. Really? Yes. Well, everyone's dead. I know. Yeah. It was, I know, but it was like what it currently is. And it's just, I mean, RIP. Yeah. But it's like when you hear those those big names and they're playing in a small yeah. town, like big names that you, you well, that's because, grew up on and grew up That's because around. the musicians are notoriously bad at not investing in the stock market, <laughs> which I highly recommend. Just invest a little bit. Compound interest does an amazing yeah. thing. So anyway... Well, thanks for letting me play a little bit. Absolutely. No, I, and, I'm thrilled to have you on the show. And, and I, I mean, I, I thank you for, for oh, agreeing shoot. to come talk to yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we there's a lot more to talk about. But, that, uh, yeah, yeah, there yeah. is. You know, and we can get into the, you know, the minutia of, of the arts. And we can you know, get into the, you know, we can talk a little bit about, I, I would like to, to give some sort of inspirational message about, you know, taking what, 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 you're, what you've done and what you're doing now you know, I would like to have a similar road where I could get to a, a yes. point of freedom where I can at some point make a pivot and say, let me try this yes. other thing that I'm passionate about. Yes. I mean, this isn't the only thing I'm passionate about, but I am the most passionate about arts and music and entertainment, you know, giving people something to do. You know, this is a, this is a small town outside of Charlotte. It's like the last frontier around Charlotte that hasn't been gobbled up by a big right. investment, right. you know, right. and now, and, and I'm, what I like about what we're doing in Gaston County is that a lot of the investment are risk takers. Yes. It's not a lot of corporate money that's being just flooded into this area. It's people like me, people like the other business owners in downtown that don't have a legacy behind them, that don't have, you know, a huge inheritance. It's just people that want to do something. Yes. And, and, and what I'm getting at is we have this opportunity to build this community the way that we want to and not let it be influenced by, you know, outsiders who aren't from here. You know, we can preserve the history of this town and honor those that, that laid the groundwork for us, but you can't be scared. You, you, you can't be, you, you have to take the fear and, and, and it's, it's right to have fear. If you're not afraid, then that's a bigger problem. True. That's reckless. I think that's I reckless. I had a mentor say that fear stands for false evidence that appears real. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean. But but ha being able to overcome that fear, I'd like to see more people in this community do that because a lot of, even even all the way down to the people that come in to the shows, when, when we get into these small conversations with people, and I can hear the despair in some people's voice, how, how on the edge of life they are in terms of keeping their bills paid, keeping yeah. their house, keeping yeah. their car. You know, we're all broke. You know, like in this town, but <laughs> we, have a, we have a we have a producer credit here. Twenty nine cents. All right. Yeah, we. But 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 don't let don't let that be the thing that stops you. You know, you know, your health is one thing. You know, I understand you're unhealthy. You you can't do this thing. But if you've got an idea, you know, do the research. Don't just on a whim decide you want to do something. Just take the time. 
to well, do something good. Okay, so let, I'm gonna, let me give you my best motivational spe- speech. Okay, yeah. and, uh, and don't don't shut the podcast off. Listen, <laughs> so listen. We st- so in my class we study dozens of entrepreneurs. They all have the ones that are successful. They all have the same thing in common that you have, and that is you just started. Yeah. You know, at Avid Exchange, <clears throat> our business plan was real simple. But when we were kind of making it up as we went along, for the most part, you know, it's not there. And you did the one thing that successful entrepreneurs do, and that's start. So if anybody's listening, if they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm good enough to go on the open mic. I don't think I have enough songs to to go downtown and do a set. I don't think. And, and, and the thing is, just start. Just start. So that's one thing. The second thing I'll say is everything is connected. Which means that the what you the job that you do, even if it's at McDonald's, the job that you do with passion uh, is directly related to the music that you play. Yeah, you started at Arby's. It, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, I did three thirty-five an hour, up from two. I got a raise immediately. Uh, it shows how great of a negotiator I am because I negotiated thirty-five percent under minimum wage. Would that be a higher on bonus? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. But. Uh, the, it, it, it's the first thing is to start. The second thing is everything is connected. So the passion that you put into your music is the same that you put into your job. It all works together. That all works together. And the last thing that I'll say is this, is that you know, and I've seen this in business so many times. I mean, I think we're doing $300 million in, in annual revenue. You know, we started with $0 million in annual <laughs> revenue, you know. And so you, the only way that you know that you're uh, achieving your goals is when you've realized you've set them too low. That's a key indicator that you are actually pursuing your goals because that's what we did in business. We're like, well, shoot, we've got to this. We're going to get there, so let's just bump that up a little bit. Let's bump that up I, a little know, bit. You know, that's it. I, I did this same thing with this. Like I have, I had these goals that I had set for when, when we get this place open. We've already achieved a that's lot right. of those goals, and now I'm finding myself – you know, creating new problems that's right. That's right. <laughs> to solve. That's right. So that, you know, so we that's can right. keep building. And and yep. I and as long as I'm as long as I feel like as long as I keep doing that, that's we it. can we can keep pushing this, you know. Right now I'm pushing it uphill. Eventually I'd like to get to the top of the hill where I can let it fly and, and then, you know, keep growing things. You know, festivals, you know, the, the down, we've got a huge I've coordinated a bar crawl with four different businesses down here that, you know, we, we're bringing in out vendors and entertainers and That's all it. kinds of stuff. And it's just keep building on the thing. Even during the pandemic, after I had made taken the risk of buying this this place, I could have let the pandemic whip my ass and, and scare me out of doing it. That's right. But I've kept telling myself every day, do at least one thing oh, that it. gets you closer. So whether it. it was posting something on social media, whether it was researching a band to, to do a podcast, scheduling a show... I, every day during the pandemic, I did at least one thing that got me closer to to the goal, and that that one thing every day is is what kept me interested, That's that it. kept me wanting to push more. And and believe me, this is not easy. No. Yeah. This this no. is really hard to do. No. But I'm happy to do it because no one else was going to. Well, in in the hard part comes in in the disillusion and the frustration, and they're like, why am why am I doing this? And but the thing is this. When you, when you go and push those goals up a little bit, it opens up new goals. Mm-hmm. So you can only, you own, and you can never plan for those. So um, I applaud you. I, I want, I, hopefully you'll have me come back on the podcast. Absolutely. And what, yeah. I, what I'd like to do is in a year, I'd like to come back and we're going to talk all about, you looked at your phone. All I'm you have to date. do, I was all you have to do is add one to this year. <laughs> And that'll, be next, and that'll be next year. Yeah, yeah. So um, in, in when I come back in a year, and it's going to go by like this because mm. we're older people. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. We're coming up on a year being open. I'm like, yeah. how? Yeah. How is this yeah. year? Right, right. And then well, we'll get back together, and we're going to talk about all the things that you've accomplished because it's going to be amazing. I would love to. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I'm in. I want to I want to make sure that I can help in some way. Okay. So do you um, want to do you want to play us out? Uh, you do. Yeah. Like you want to do another one? Which sure. one do you want to do? If we're sticking with eighties, you know some LA guns. Yeah. Let's play some LA guns. Okay. I don't know any LA guns. You don't. So no. <laughs> no. Now I'm heartbroken. I was trying to. Th- I can. We can do the one. How about? How about we all sing? 
Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world Took the midnight train going anywhere Just a city boy Come on Born and raised in South Detroit They took the midnight train going Ready? <laughs> ah, it hurts. <laughs> Don't stop <laughs> believing. Hold oh, up to their feelings. feelings. Yes, she likes people. <laughs> Don't stop believing. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> yes. Sing. No, I that was, was a perfect spot. To I was hearing various keys, so I was wanting to. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Listen, thank I, you so. Listen, much I love for your mission this. and your purpose. Thank it's you. Fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Peace go. and love. <laughs>